Welcome to the FPL Blues Podcast. We are going into the final game week of the 2022 Premier League and FPL season. It has been a legendary run, chaos-filled, crazy season, but we've made it to the end. Going into the final game week, 38. Brian, how you doing? Bucks, since game week 26 or so, it's felt like a, a sprint to the end of the marathon, and we have finally reached that point where there are no more game weeks after game week 38 and we'll know our overall ranks for the season and we'll have a chaos filled day with a lot at stake between some of the top teams in the division and then the bottom team so it's gonna be a really fun Sunday full of matches all at the same time pure and utter chaos and that's what I need to help me forget my abysmal dreadful just horrific game week 37 so it can't come quick enough. Yeah, we were both flying coming out of double game week 36, only for us to smash back to earth in a really painful and brutal way in double game week 37, where the free hitters really feasted. And both Brian and I, we took some hits and they were ill-gotten points uh, thrown out the door uh, because we could have used every single point we could scrunch up. Uh, in double game week 37. Let's start with your team, Brian. How'd you end up in 37? Bucks, I, I barely feel worthy to come in front of this microphone after such a drastic fall from grace. I was in the top 10K at 9K overall, and I was on a huge wedding week bender uh, out on the Atlantic coast on a beach house. And uh, this solid injury really spooked me into taking my second minus eight of the season and that proved to be, as it always is with a minus eight, always trouble. And so ultimately what happened was I ended up on 35 points, 35 not, points. Not great. Not great. I had more than half of those points on my bench, 18 points on the bench. So nothing went right for me this game week. I truly failed. I brought in the likes of Danny Ings and Zaha instead of Madison and Richarlison. And then I took a hit to move Salah to KDB. This was a just truly forgettable moment, and it was just really tough to mentally get over after I'd had such a good season and was hoping to land in the top 10K. And that's what can happen in, in a single game week. Everything can be forgotten. And, you know, the famous Lincoln Park lyrics, I tried so hard and got so far, but in the end, it didn't even matter, Bucks. And so now I sit at 25K overall. Yeah, that's a brutal result. Brutal noodle, so to speak. Uh, but at least lucky for you, you beat my team score. I ended up on 33 <laughs> points all out. Uh, I had 41, but I took a minus eight hit like you did. And I I panicked. I mean, the Sala injury uh, made me move off him right quick. And then... There were reports that Ollie Watkins was injured, so he was a doubt uh, to start, let alone play both matches of Aston Villa's double game week, and panic stations ensued. I ended up bringing in KDB like you did. I brought in Danny Ings and captained him, something I knew as soon as I did it that that was a huge mistake because captaining Danny Ings when we have the likes of KDB, Son, Kane, all these other great players, uh, you know, they didn't all deliver in double game week 37, but it feels better to captain the best players as opposed to kind of chasing uh, bottom feeders in a double game week. So I was punished 
rightfully so. And oh man, Bucks. Brutal. I mean, Ings still still outscored KDB. He had the same points as my captain, Son. He ends on six in two games, but the being benched in that second match was very surprising to me. I did not see that coming because his form had really had an uptick. And because of his recent form, I decided to go with Ings instead of Richarlson, just because I, I didn't believe in the attack for Everton. And lo and behold, Richarlson sticks it in us. Wow, that one was tough. His second goal in the second match, I think, dropped us both five, 10,000 places. That one was tough. His effective ownership was huge and something that I did not spend enough time uh, looking at in terms of the top 10K, top 20K around my rank. And that was the killer because so many captained him and uh, well done to those who did. Yeah, he when he scored that goal against Palace, that literally dropped my rank 10,000 spots just on that one effort. Um, so, you know, as you mentioned, uh, Watkins really was the Villa player to own in this double game week, not Danny Ings, who many people made that sideways transfer move like I did. Um, and then, yeah, saving grace was just having uh, Dubrovka on my bench and Mateta come off my bench for 17 huge points. And Reese oh, James Bucks. with seven. Bucks. I can't believe you got both of those guys off your bench. They're sitting on my bench firmly. And if I had not taken the hit to bring in KDB for Salah, I would have gotten Mateta's 10 points coming off my second bench spot. And that that one is what really hurts, um, especially because weeks ago I planned on bringing Mateta in for this double game week and he returns. It was just everything went, that went wrong went wrong for me. And I'm glad that you at least, you know, you got unlucky that triple Liverpool, none of your players started that Southampton match. So to get those points off the bench was was huge um, considering where you at where you were at in, before that. Yeah, it was it was uh, a pain filled game week. Let's say that I brought in Luis Diaz as a differential punt uh, to even out my minus eight uh, for two uh, paid for transfers. I moved Luis Diaz in for Mason Mount. Neither of them played. Neither of them saw the pitch. So uh, that was a zero for zero minus four. Uh, just a really brutal game week for me. And I, I've been on a run of some green arrows and some sizable green arrows. So this game week, uh, really, really painful red arrow. Uh, basically wiped out all the progress I made from double game week 36. I took a 42,000 spot red arrow back down to 88,000 overall in the world. So I'm still within the womp, top. Womp. Yeah. Still within the top hundred K hoping that my free hit two bonus chip is going to bring me back within the top 50 K and that'll be a respectable finish uh, for the season. But let's, let's get out of the uh, mini violin section of our podcast. Let's go to the <laughs> manager of the game week. One more thing to add there, Bucks. I think, again, a lot of playing FPL and our obsession with it, you have to really manage the mental part of it, right? So if I went into the beginning of the season and you know knew I was going to be in the top 25K, I would have been very happy with that. But since I was in the top 10K and just had one of the worst game weeks of my career, mentally, it, I couldn't open the app this week. I couldn't check my team. I had to uh, make sure to log out of Twitter you know, some, some of those things were definitely nagging me, but mentally, you know, still being in the top 25 K, I think it's a very respectable outcome for the season. It'll be one of my, my second top finish ever. So, you know, in retrospect, it's still going to be a good season, but that this one hurts. So we got to hope and move ahead to free hit 20 free hit 38. 
Yeah, it's going to be my second best finish in all likelihood as well, but uh, only my sophomore <laughs> season. <laughs> all right, manager of the game week, hats off because despite Brian and I doing pretty shit in double game week 37, that did not apply to one Pete O'Boyle and his team, Claret and Blue Army. He used his second wild card chip, posted an insane 129 points. That's three times. Four times both of our scores. Unbelievable. Three, four, five. Ah, he just scored all the points. Congrats to Pete. He captained Richarlison, who landed on 38 points. Also had James Madison, 25 points. Vardy with 15. Bowen with 14. Matip with 11. And he had both Keane and Zaha each add six points. So bravo to Pete. Jumped almost 800,000 spots in a green arrow uh, in the penultimate game week. So way to round out the season, Pete. Congrats to you. You know you're having a good game week when you get 14 points from Bowen to come off your bench for TAA. That, that's how good of a lucky game week that, that Absolutely. So, so, oh, Boyle rules. Well done. All right, we're going to take a break. Nice and shout come out. Back with, I like that. Nice <laughs> shout out. We're going to take a break and come back with the top performers of double game week 37 and take a look at the major storylines before season's end. We'll be right back. And we're back. All right, huge game week for anyone who had a free hit or wild card chip active as double game week 37 fortunes favored those on double game week. And let's look at the players who really hauled and were the top performers in double game week 37, starting we should have a mea culpa here, Brian, with some players that we actually advised our listeners to avoid in this double game week. I know I did. So uh, let's start them out with the top score in double game week 37. That is one James Madison. He racks up a total of 25 points with two starts. He plays all 180 minutes, proving he is definitely fit. And he gets two goals, two assists, and five bonus points. They score six goals between the two games. And it was really the Watford destructions. They won five to one versus Watford. So everybody on this Leicester team that we thought were assets throughout the season at one point or another, but because of their Rocky Europa schedule and all these random double doubles to play, we just really did not land on them. I think we both rate James Madison quite highly, especially when he hits his purple patches. And this was a purple patch. He had a greatly taken goal against Chelsea as well to uh, help Lester draw with Chelsea and just a, a fabulous player at the top of his game. So he ends up on 25 points. Well done to anyone who owned him and for someone brave enough to captain him. Well done. 50 points. Woo. Yeah, massive for him. He had a goal and a brace of assists to clarify in that Watford match. And uh, we're going to see some other Leicester players featured on this top performer list. Uh, But before them, we do have to shout out two of the Everton boys. They are massive, massive, massive FPL points and in real life Premier League points, starting with Richarlison. He ends with 19 points from two goals, an assist and four bonus. And not to be outdone, his... Uh, attacking linesman, DCL, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, finally back fit. He gets 17 points, two goals, and five bonus points. And uh, yeah, just each one of those FPL points were so huge for anyone who owned these players, let alone if you captained them. And they really punished anyone who went without them, like both of us. I mean, more importantly, 
Everton stay up. It was a, a truly chilling moment to watch them pull from behind. They were down two to zero at halftime and score three goals in the second half. DCL, who was a player who had, I think, 16 goals last season, and he was started last season at about seven million. He's, you know, hasn't been a factor at all this year. Uh, same with Bamford, right? Two guys who are proven goal scorers and in that really ideal price range and just have been battling injuries all season. But his headed goal in the 86 minute puts Everton into the Premier League again next season. So Fat Frank is very happy. And uh, all the Everton fans, it, the place was rocking. Goodison was rocking. And, uh, you know, you, you, you definitely have won that part of the bet, Bucks. We'll see if uh, we'll see if uh, Burnley uh, stays up or if leads go down, that's going to come down to the last uh, and final uh, game week. But well, well done to anybody who had Richarlison and DCL as differentials potentially on free hit. Yeah. And just one quick thing about Everton. I think this is a huge, huge result for them. I mean, they were in a bad place coming into double game week 37. They really, I mean, to go into the locker room at halftime at home, desperate for points down to zero and to come back out with such urgency, with such gusto and to claw back all those goals to win the game. I mean, congratulations to Everton, to their supporters. Uh, they're a good team to stay in the premier league. And I think it would have been a hard result for them to be going down considering the level of talent they have at the club, as well as the type and brand of football that they play They're They're not just parking the bus. They, they really want to be a competitive outfit. So I respect that. Let's, let's close out this list with some of the other last double game week, 37 top performers. Yeah. And that goes to a pair of Foxes, Barnes and Vardy. They pair for massive hauls, Barnes, 17 points, two goals, one assist, and only one bonus. And then Vardy, Two goals and three bonus. He looked great in the first match where he braced and got 13 points versus Watford. So those players are back on the menu. Leicester plays Southampton to end the season. So uh, getting one of their assets in, they're pretty good price points for Barnes and Madison. That might be a good uh, differential going into the last game if you don't have any other, any other holes to plug. And then got to shout out our man, Bowen. Wow. He comes in with a brace. 14 points versus Manchester City pushes them to the brink in a, in a great draw. And this requires Man City to win or draw in their final match versus um, versus Villa on the weekend. So well done, Bowen. This takes him over 200 points, which is absolutely insane for an asset that was 6.5 million to start this season. He came into zone. He's at that age where he's 25 or 26, and he's going to be a mainstay for the next couple of seasons for West Ham as their best attacking player. Yeah, I think this solidifies that Jared Bowen should have a place in the English national team for certain. He is a great quality player, one of the most talented players in the Premier League, no lie. And I think he's been my standout pick, at least, as the out-of-position budget-friendly player this Premier League season and this FPL season. He's not a defender playing midfield, but he is a midfielder playing forward. And so I think that for $6.5 million, we will not be seeing him anywhere close to this price point next season. I expect he will be somewhere in the 8 to $9 million range at minimum for FPL. He's so valuable, and he's such a clinical finisher when he runs onto the ball in the box. So uh, pretty pretty nice golf clap for Jared Bowen, owners and uh, and fans of West Ham. He's, he's a good one. 
All right, those were the top performers of Double Game Week 37. And now we're going to just address some of the top storylines that we saw before heading into the final week. Bucks, let's start with Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal, they could have been one of the main floppers in Double Game Week 37. They absolutely bottled a top four finish uh, with their recent performance. Uh, they really did not show up for the North London Derby against. Tottenham and then they kind of ghosted this away match at Newcastle which was by all intents and purposes a must win for them to stay uh, comfortable in fourth place with hopes of Champions League and they just kind of no-showed that match Newcastle was the better team from the opening whistle and uh, got a well-deserved 2-0 dominant victory against Arsenal so Arsenal are now uh, set in fifth place looking up at the current moment at Tottenham and they will need to get all three points and pray that Spurs pull Spurs uh, on the last day of the season away <laughs> to Norwich. So uh, a lot of drama and stuff yet to play with for Arsenal and for Spurs uh, moving on Chelsea also based on the results and play of other teams around them. They are now guaranteed a top four finish. Unfortunately, Chelsea are in a really poor run of form. So they were not able to secure this position and honor themselves. They lost in the FA cup final. They are bounced out of champions league and there's nothing left to play for. So I expect there's going to be heavy rotation in game week 38 to close out the season, get to see some guys that might be going out on loan or increase potentially transfer fees for some of the guys that are out of favor and see some young players uh, from the academy also feature. Yeah, it was a bit disappointing to end the season on this lackluster run of form for Chelsea. So they did not do themselves any favors to secure this top four spot at the end of the season. Fortunately for the Chelsea Blues, they really had a great start and middle part of the season. So Happy to be top four. We're in Champions League again next year, but let's keep it moving. We're going to have a massive overhaul of the team uh, in the offseason, and hopefully with the new owners, we'll be able to splash out and replace the likes of Rudiger. That's a, a huge must for us. Our central defense needs to be tightened up, and so looking forward to what the transfer window is going to bring for us. For sure. Uh, let's keep it moving. There's six teams that still have something to play for. We mentioned Arsenal and Spurs are two of the six. The other two are at the top of the table. That's Liverpool and City. It's coming down to the final game week, game week 38. Both Manchester City and Liverpool will host lesser competition. Aston Villa go to Etihad to play against Man City. And Wolves travel to Anfield to play against Liverpool. Liverpool really just need to beat Wolves and pray that City somehow trip on themselves and muck it up in the final game week. I don't necessarily see that happening, but it's all to play for. So I expect both these clubs at the top of the table will be starting full strength sides to attack game week 38. Yeah, no chance that City drops this game, especially with the lackluster performances from Villa. They only score two goals in the double game week. So I think since they are in front of their home crowd in, at the Etihad, I just don't see them dropping this match. But regardless, they still have to go out there and prove it. So I expect, like you said, full strength matches and crazier things have happened. But this city team is one that I truly believe in. And they're going to start their studs. And I think they're going to bring it early. Yeah, I agree. Two fun facts about that Villa City match that I think is worth sharing with our listeners. One, obviously, St Steven Gerrard, the manager of Aston Villa, 
is a former legendary Liverpool player. So obviously his preference would be for Liverpool to win the Premier League title this season. However, counteracting and counterbalancing that desire as a former Liverpool player is the fact that Jack Grealish, the star player from Villa, who was brought into Man City on a hundred million pound deal uh, last summer, actually has a 15 million pound bonus that Villa will receive if Grealish wins the Premier League title. So I feel like that's major motivation. Villa are going to want City to win the championship to get that money (laughs) so they can further strengthen their club for next season and make a real go of it. I mean, if you're a Villa supporter, this is what you call a win-win, you know? For sure. You can't can't go wrong here because that $15 million uh, transfer fee could be used, uh, you know, on on other players in the offseason, so... All right, let's take a quick break, Bucks, and then we're going to come back with our free hit squad. Moving along, we also should talk about the bottom of the table. Leeds and Burnley have a lot left to play for. They are still neck and neck in a relegation battle. Right now, Leeds are in the drop zone. They are in 18th place due to a god-awful, ugh, hurts to look at goal differential. They are minus 38 on the season. They are full 20 goals behind Burnley. So in the event that Leeds end up getting a draw and Burnley lose by 21 goals, Burnley will be the ones going down. But otherwise, it's looking (laughs) like Leeds are are set to be uh, back in the championship next season, unfortunately. Yeah, their last couple of matches have been truly chaotic. They're going in with scissors kicks for red cards, straight reds, uh, Dan James, Ailing. It, it's been a mess for them. And I think with Rafinha heading to much greener pastures in the transfer window, most likely out of the country, you know, we're going to see a, a completely different lead squad in the championship. And just want to note that Brentford, they, they really dislike leads. So a lot of folks are saying that, you know, Leeds have everything to play for and that Brentford might not be up for it. I disagree. Leeds have had everything to play for for the last two months and they've been absolute dog. So I, I think the, the narrative here is there's going to be goals in this match. I could see a three, uh, one. I'm really eyeing Tony as a player to own because of their um, undisciplined in the back line. And I think Tony could punish them, even get a PK. Great shout. And the reason Brian's referencing that is because Burnley actually get to play in front of their home crowd at Turf Moor. They host Newcastle and Leeds will have the tough challenge of traveling to the Brentford Stadium Two London clubs having an unofficial London Derby for the final game week. That is going to be a raucous crowd. And I expect Brentford are going to get the points uh, no matter how desperate Leeds play. They only have nine senior first team players going into this final game week. So a lot to overcome there for Jesse Marsh, uh, the new coach, uh, American Ted Lasso in the premier league uh, for Leeds. So uh, with that, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll look ahead more intensely to final game week 38. Ladies and gentlemen, Bucks and I are both on our free hit two chips This has been somewhat of a blessing and a curse because I think we would have probably played our free hit one chips last week, but that's hindsight and we absolutely stunk up the joint. So we're hoping to make up a lot of points and select the best starting 11. This is a huge opportunity for us to take advantage of leaked team news, 
uh, some press conference news. Uh, we've already heard some things about Chelsea maybe playing a lot of their younger academy players and younger guys who haven't played a lot rather than the vets. So let's jump into it, Bucks. Let's start with your free hit mentality and your philosophy heading into the final game. Yeah, great transition. So what I'm looking at for my free hit team is twofold. One, I want to have as many players as possible from the teams that have everything left to play for. Specifically, I'm going to be targeting the four teams towards the top of the table, Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, and Spurs. Otherwise, I also want to be double-clicking and doubling down on players in front of their home crowds. I think there's added motivation for teams that might not have as much to play for. They want to give the loyal home crowd something to cheer for and something to smile about coming out of this season. So my team is going to feature lots of players in front of the home crowd. And that's just the philosophy. And that's kind of the knife's edge decision-making that I'm going to be using as kind of the final differentiator between players I have and I'm skipping. We're very fortunate for this run in game to have so many of the top teams in the Premier League playing the bottom feeders. We'll have Chelsea versus Watford is a match to potentially target. We'll have the likes of Tottenham versus Norwich in a game that Tottenham must win. And you have thirsty goal scorers in Kane and Son. Son going for the golden boot. So a lot of drama there potentially. And then, like you said, you have City and Liverpool. They're playing mid table to worst table teams, honestly, given their form to uh, end, end the season. So there's definitely some great assets to have. And then I think we'll sprinkle in a few of the other informed players in the midfield. So Bucks, before we just preview our free hit teams, let's also just talk about managers who aren't on free hits. Would you take a minus four, a minus eight this game week to try and strike gold? Or would you play a little bit more conservative and just trust the guys that you have in because you don't have multiple game weeks to make up that hit. This is a a one hit high variance type of move to bring in uh, players this week. So what are your thoughts there? So this is obviously a team dependent kind of question, but I think for me, I'm all about having fun and, and going for it. And I think that's been shown in the amount of hits that I've taken over my two seasons playing the FPL game. So I would want to probably at least make a minus four hit if I'm not going to be winning my mini league, if I'm not going for, you know, a a top 10, top 5K finish. uh, I want to be getting the players that I love to watch Uh, because all the matches are on at the same time. It's important to remember that, you know, you're going to be wanting to focus and watch the players that are in your FPL team that you enjoy watching in real life. So for me, it's all about chasing the right captaincy choice. If I had, if I had Salah and Virgil van Dyke, I'd probably be moving off both them with a minus four hit because I don't expect either of them are going to feature heavily. And I want to be going for players like KDB, like Youngman Sung, like Sadio Mane and give them the captain's armband. That is an easy way to kind of make the easy to digest taking a minus four hit without any, more game weeks, any more points coming in to uh, opportunities to make that up. I think this is just a pure fun game week. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I think if you're in other mini leagues and you're looking to get into those potential money spots or just finish as high as you can, make sure to look at the teams that are above you and see what players they have. So maybe you can either mirror those players, like if a a manager ahead of you has son, they're likely going to captain him. Maybe you want to try and bring him in as well. Or if you are looking to really make up a lot of ground in a mini league or in a battle, 
you want to captain a differential. So there's lots of different ways to play it. I know at the top of the introduction, we forgot to mention the two managers from the FPL Blues Super League Cup Tournament, the first annual. We have the final matchup, and that is Babyface Reds from Trevor Cookler versus Trickery 17 from Patrick McMichael. They are in the championship final, and we're looking forward to seeing who comes out on top of that because there will be swag coming to one of these two great managers. Wow, massive showdown. Uh, Glad that you included that, Brian. So good luck to Patrick and Trevor in the FPL Blues Podcast Super League Cup Final. Uh, As you mentioned, there will be a a prize and a trophy coming to the winner of that matchup. Without further ado, I think it's time that we dive into our free hit teams. Um, I think our teams are relatively similar, but what's different is that because we're on free hit, we can kind of pick the best players from each of these games and skip some of the losers or players that have been uh, duds recently. So with that, I'm going to start out if that's okay with you, Brian, Uh, I'm going to be away bucks. I'm going to be rolling out a four, five, one formation in all likelihood. And why I am looking at that formation particularly is because I want to have three Spurs players specifically. I've had Hyungman Sung for the last 15 game weeks or so, and he's been a legend for me. However, that meant I've been gone with, I've been going without Kane for the entire season. And he's a player that I actually have not had. I don't think at all this season, I had Ronaldo when Kane was hot in the very beginning. And I skipped both them early in the season when they were both uh, kind of failing to ignite. So Kane is going to be my standalone striker. Hyungman Sung is going to be my captain, despite him being away. They play Norwich. Now Norwich are relegated. They know that they're going to end up in the championship. However, if they can even get a tie, there is a chance that they will not be 20th spot when they drop down. It doesn't mean anything other than for pride. So I actually think Norwich are going to give it a go this game week. I don't think they're going to win, but I think that's going to be slightly more cagey than people expect. They're a team that's been kind of yo-yoing up and down to the championship and the Premier League in alternate seasons. But I think having a Spurs triple up on free hit is a must. So I will be having Kane. Youngman Sung and Ryan Sessignon, who's really emerged as a interesting FPL asset. He's budget friendly in the back line and he's been going forward a ton. So that's going to be my Spurs triple up and they're all going to start on my free hit team. Yeah. Love the shout bucks. There's a high likelihood that he gets attacking returns from his wing back position or even gets a clean sheet versus Norwich Pookie, always a semi threat, but Spurs have everything to play for in this match, and they're going to be locked in. Conte has done a fantastic job, and you know, in his press conferences in weeks past, he said Champions League will change your life. It'll change the life of the team going into next year, and Harry Kane, a season ago, wanted that move to City, and now he's fully rejuvenated. Spurs look to be making some big moves in the offseason as well if they do make Champions League, so this is a huge, huge match for them, and we're expecting... I would say three or four goals from Spurs in this one. Yeah. And and I should just reiterate that I think Conte now is going to stay because I expect that Spurs are going to secure that champions league spot. I think that if they missed out and made Europa league, there would be a real chance that there's rumors that Pochettino wants out of PSG. Conte wants champions league football. So I could see there being a world where they swap should Spurs bottle it and miss champions league. But I think, They're likely in the driver's seat going into Norwich for that final game week. Let's keep it moving. You have, you have three from Spurs as well, Brian. 
Yeah, Bucks, I'm looking at Sess as my first bench option in my current formation, but I'm, I'm looking to play a 3-5-2, and Kane and Son are the top captaincy options, so definitely including them as well. Uh, up top, just to jump around, looking at the forwards, there's some great options this week. I think Jamie Vardy versus Southampton is a good shout. Obviously, Kane versus Norwich. And then Ivan Tony is a player that I really have, uh, really am fond of for this game week versus Leeds. Again, I want a couple of those penalty takers on my squad as well. And Leeds, they're going to give up two or three goals. And I think Tony will be involved. So Tony starts up top in my 3-5-2 formation. Interesting, because I was really leading the Tony train uh, early in the season. And now we've switched roles. You've uh, you've really become the captain now. <laughs> So to speak, I am the captain now. Yeah, exactly. yeah I, I was I was on the, the caboose at the start of the season for uh, Tony and I've had him for the last like you were like bucks. What are you doing? This guy he just gets two points. He sucks. Now you <laughs> love him. Well, to be honest with their attacking form with Erickson in the side, right? They didn't have anybody to connect and give them service. Right. So like Mbomo and Tony were trying to play two up top and pass to each other. And they, they had a few goals, but Erickson has unlocked them to with creativity, great passes on set pieces. Uh, Tony is good in the air. And then even a player like Wissa has uh, come into form and gotten uh, really involved lately. So they have a much more multifaceted attack. And I think they're going to score goals versus Leeds. So at his price tag, I'm bringing them in. Let's keep it moving in the midfield box. Who do you have in your five player midfield? Okay, so my midfield, it's in flux right now, to be perfectly honest. But right now, I have KDB as my premium. I have Young Lin Sung as my captain. And then right now, I have Phil Foden, Leandro Trossard, and Saka. Saka. So I'm going a little differential. I I echo your sentiment about the penalty kick taker. That's why I think Saka might be uh, that guy for my team, though that could easily be James Madison. They're very similarly priced. And I just think that the Chelsea news from Tuchel saying he wants to get kind of more players playing time, there's no reason for Mason Mount to play the full 90 in this game. He is young. He is rested. However, that spot could easily be better used for Hakeem. Kim Ziyech to play. He's a player that could be transferred out in the summer window. And I think there's a lot of reason for Tuchel to try and gain value for some of these players that might be on the chopping block. So Ziyech, Loftus-Cheek, Werner, Lukaku, I expect all four of those guys will play. And I think we could also see some guys that are kind of forgotten souls on the bench. Ross Barkley, uh, Malang Sar, I expect Ugh. a lot of these guys are going to feature. Watford are not a good team, but unfortunately, Chelsea are not a good team at home this season either. So I think this is more of a toss-up than just an easy victory for the boys in blue. I will say that there are some key Chelsea players who have served for many, many years in the blue uniform, and that is Aspie and Alonso. Those players are likely, you know, Aspie's already confirmed to be on a two-year contract at Barcelona. Barcelona. And then we also have Alonzo likely on the outs. Uh, Chilwell is back in training. He's looking to be hopefully healthy next season and they'll get another replacement for Alonzo who is getting older. But I, I do see those two players playing at least 60 minutes um, because of what they've done for the club in their great careers. All right, Brian, who do you have in your midfield? And then I want to just uh, include some players that are on my kind of short watch list uh, in midfield. Yeah. So at the moment, Bucks, uh, like you said, 
James Madison is a player who's in form and definitely a player that I just really admire. I like his style and his set pieces and also his uh, shot making ability. So he's in my midfield for one of the first times this season. I have him slotted next to KDB, Sun, right now Mason Mount, and Luis Diaz. So I think Diaz is a great way into the Liverpool attack. Nice. Into the Liverpool attack. I don't see him playing the full 90, but I, I could definitely see him playing 60 minutes, especially if City versus Villa is somewhat close at halftime. You know, if it's a one goal differential at halftime, Klopp will continue to play his starters until he gets word that City have possibly you know blown up that game so i think he's much cheaper than having Salah or mane in the side and he'll want to get some minutes after just being fully rested in front of the home crowd at anfield mason mount could become phil foden we'll see i think that's a slot that i have to research a little bit more and see what um chelsea's planning to do he was fully rested in the last game so i do like that he's a flat track bully against some of these weaker oppositions and we've seen him do it time and time again so regardless I'm going to have five midfielders, Sun, Madison, Diaz at the heart, and then maybe Mount changed to a player. Could be Bowen, could be Foden. I think those are the players that I'm considering for my midfield. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought up Luis Diaz. He was definitely a player that I wanted us to touch on, and he is the guy I think I would want to have from Liverpool in midfield. But I also think Sadio Mane, he really delivered a massive return last season in game week 38. And I know he was your captain. He rose you in the ranks. I believe it was like 20 K just from captaining Mane, who was a real differential. If Salah is out, Mane has recently been in great form. So I think that could be a nice sideways uh, captaincy move for those without a free hit chip who still have Salah in their team. I just wanted to mention that. And one player that's not, or excuse me, two players that have not broken through our midfield at this current iteration are Jared Bowen, who we mentioned earlier in the kind of top performers. He yes, travels sir. to Brighton. Brighton have nothing to play for other than pride. They're going to be another team that ticks along for next season in the Premier League. I think they were on an upswing at the end of the season, and Graham Potter is a great coach, but they're away. So I think West Ham, kind of their season uh, crowning came last week when they played City at home. It was Mark Noble's last game in front of the home crowd. And so I think that West Ham might be slightly unmotivated in this one. And lastly, Kulisevsky for Spurs. They traveled to Norwich and he is coming back from injury, but he got a rest and then featured for a zero pointer because he got a yellow card, silly. But uh, I think that the Spurs triple up going against the worst team and the worst defense in the Premier League, needing goals, needing the full three points. Uh, I mean, that sounds tasty and like an easy recipe for FPL returns. Yeah, those are great shouts, Bucks. I think, again, there are so many great midfield options. You can't really go wrong. Even somebody like Zaha versus Manchester United, that game could be have six goals in it. You yum, know, we yum. just... We just saw Crystal Palace give up three to Everton, and I think that will be a wide, wide open game, right? So he's another player at that kind of seven million pounds uh, bracket that you could have. Zaha could either get a goal and three bonus points, or he could get a straight red card because he's going against his former team, Man United. And I think there's a lot of ill will uh, still in that dynamic relationship. All right, let's move to the back line. Uh, let's let's start wrapping this up. Who are going to be your starting defenders on free hit, Brian. Bucks, taking a look at my 
back line. I want to play a, a three, five, two. So I've just selected three players at this moment in time. I'm really just deciding what players I'm going to have from Chelsea, Liverpool and city back there. You know, Cess is the only other player that I would consider maybe making my starting lineup. But right now I have Cancelo, Alonso and Matip in my in my back three with Cess being my first bench. So we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Um, I also have Simikas as an enabler, 3.7 million. But like I said, I like Alonso. His last game, most likely in the Chelsea colors, just scored a goal, a beautifully taken goal that kept uh, Chelsea in that match versus Liverpool and he'll be shooting quite a bit. I think he'll also be on some free kicks or some set pieces that he might not be otherwise, just so he's involved in front of the um, Stanford bridge crowd. And then Cancelo again, they have everything to play for. He hasn't been putting in as many goals this season, but he's an attacking player on one of the best defenses in the league. And Matip is my brave soldier. He's put in a couple of good shifts for me, let me tell you, Bucks, he's been great value this season. Uh, him and Laporte were great picks that helped me, you know, jump up the rankings. A lot of six to nine pointers on a consistent basis. So I like those lads, and that's what I'm looking at at the moment. And then Dubrovka versus Burnley in my goalkeeping slot. Burnley, they, you know, they're they're going to be fighting for it, but they don't have the quality. So um, Dubrovka has been in good form, three cl- straight clean sheets, I believe, or at least a. Uh, some bonus points sprinkled in there as well. So 4.4 million. He's just going to sit tight in my keeper slot. All right. How about you? Yeah. I wanted to just say that uh, your back line, it would be great for both of us. If Marcus Alonso plays his real true position, which is an out and out striker for his final game <laughs> uh, at Stamford bridge. Uh, I also have Marcus Alonso. I'm going for at the back right now. I have Jao Cancel, Trent Alexander, Arnold, Marcus Alonso and Ryan Sessignon, and they're going to be uh, directly in front protecting uh, my sweeper keeper in Martin Dubrovka. He's cheap. He's already in my team. And as a backup on my bench, I'm going to go with his backup, Gillespie. It's the easiest way to get the both the starting and backup goalkeeper for the least money going into game week 38. Unfortunately for defenders and goalkeepers alike, in historically game week 38 is all about goals. It's all about the attackers. It's all about yes, putting points on the board. And so I think clean sheet points are going to be hard to come by in this game week, despite a lot of uneven matchups. But I think that there is potential to attack some of these more um, forward looking uh, defensive players like a Reese James, like a Marcus Alonso, if they play, they're going to be spending most of the time in the attacking half. So uh, it's really going for upside is the bet in my back line. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. We see typically almost on average a whole goal more than the average Premier League match. So we're going to see about 3.25 to 3.5 goals on average in these matches. So huge opportunity to spike some attacking points this game. Yeah, great point. Uh, with that, let's just double click. Who is your captain for free hit team 38, Brian. Bucks, my captaincy shout is once again, Sonny boy. I'm riding with the lad who got me to this point. Going to hopefully finish in the top 20, top 15K. And he's going for the golden boot. He should be thirsty, especially if Mo Salah does not feature. He only needs one goal to tie and then two goals 
to be the first ever Asian born player to win the golden boot in the premier league. And I think that would be a great honor and something that he's well aware of. The whole nation will be watching that match and hopefully put them um, in the national international international spotlight. So looking forward to riding with son. And again, I'll own Kane. I think Kane is also a good option if you have him this week because he's on pens and he, again, last week versus Burnley, he took the pen whereas son did not, even though he was on, you know, golden boot potential. So he's my captain this week bucks. And I just, honestly, I just think he's going to get the most points. So I'm riding with Sonny boy. What about you? Uh, that makes it easy. I'm also on Hyung Min Sung. The fact that he gets five points for every goal and likely gets bonus when he scores versus Kane, who only gets four points for a goal. Uh, that's the differential. I think Sun is super motivated and he will get the full 90 minutes in this game. They have no other matches to play and lots of rest to look forward to in the offseason. So he's going to be a little selfish, I think, in this one against Norwich and chasing the Golden Boot Award uh, individual trophy and and also, if he gets it, there's high likelihood that Tottenham will secure Champions League. So I think we're both set that that is going to be the result that we want. And that is going to come in game week 38. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Sun last week as my captain, he had two really good shots that he usually slots one of those. But Pope made some great saves, whereas he's going to go against cruel or gun whoever's in goal for Norwich I don't think they're going to be stopping very many shots and again we just see the storyline playing out here as a three plus goal match for Spurs and with the opportunity to even get a clean sheet point those add up too so we'll be riding with Sun so Bucks wow we're here the very end of the season I can't believe it's been this type of up and down COVID filled journey, but thank you very much for your dedication to the podcast, to our listeners, and just enjoying your second season of FPL and uh, being my, a great podcast host with me. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Good luck to you. I hope you end up with that big green arrow that you need to break your all time best finish, which I believe was 11 K or 12 K overall. So we're going to be cheering for you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. This is going to be our last in-season podcast episode. We will be coming following the conclusion of Game Week 38 for a season recap, some lessons, and some kind of final thoughts to close out the 2022 FPL and Premier League season. Uh, we'll do that as we get into the offseason. And then we'll be back with Season 2 of the FPL Blues podcast over the summer as we prepare for another amazing season of FPL going into 2023. So thank you again for listening. Subscribe, give us a like, give us a follow and follow us on social media at FPL blues podcast, wishing you best of luck in game week 38. If you're still in cups in your mini leagues and for massive green arrows for all of our listeners and supporters. Thank you. You said it bucks. Thanks again to all the listeners for tuning in. We do this for you. We do this to feed our obsession and we love green arrows. So let's go get them in Game Week 38. Woo woo!